Today we're going to be talking about superpower. God is omnipotent. He is a God who has superpower. And not only does he have a superpower, he is willing to share his superpower with us. Isn't that so profound? You know, there's a lot of talk about superpowers, the Avengers and, you know, all the superheroes and the Incredibles, and they all have their superpowers. How many of you have a superpower? Anybody? Oh, cool. When you have the Holy Spirit, you do have a superpower. But I'm going to tell you, um, I'm going to talk to you a little bit today about about the omnipotence of the almighty, all-powerful God. Um, but there are there are there was a list online of 25 superpowers you wish you had. So I'm not going to go over all of them, but some of them are um, invisibility, Hulk-like strength, underwater breathing, superhuman endurance, invincibility, time travel, mind reading, night vision, superhuman speed, um, the ability to change the weather, wall crawling. How many of you have kids that can do that? <laughs> little parkour. Um, Time manipulation. So like if you blow it, you can just hit rewind and go back and not do whatever that thing was. Um, uh, Talking to animals, superhuman uh, agility, superhuman intelligence, mind control, force field, intangibility, and the number one most desired superpower is flying. You were at first service. She cheated. (laughs) People want to fly. That's like everybody's uh, the most desired superpower. So um, today we're going to talk about superpowers that you can get only through knowing the one true and living omnipotent superpowerful God. So what can God do? Anything he wants. And aren't you so thankful that he is a God of goodness and love, and kindness, and he's a redemptive God. Wouldn't it be horrible to to serve a God who wasn't kind, or loving, or gentle, or gracious, or merciful? So um, Luke one thirty seven says, nothing will be impossible with God. However, there are some things God cannot do. Did you know that? There's certain things God can't do. For example, God cannot lie. Aren't you glad? Wouldn't that be horrible? If God had all the power and he was a liar? God can't sin. God can't ignore sin. He can't deny himself. He can't change. He can't break his promises. He can't save apart from what he did by sacrificing his one and only son on the cross. So aren't you grateful that we serve an all-powerful, almighty God that is good and kind and loving? So we're going to talk about that today. The word that's used in the New Testament for power is the word dunamis, which, what word do you think comes from dunamis? Dynamite. It's that same power. And you know like when you, when you make lemonade and you mix it too strong, you go, oh, that's potent. It's potent. God is all potent, omnipotent, omnipotent. He, that means he has all the power within his hands. And today I am going to be um, sharing with you what I believe is a word of the Lord for this specific church. Um, I believe that is for each and every one of you in here and those who are listening to this online the American Fort Campus. Um, it's 
God has been really, really challenging me. And um, he's been speaking to me really specifically about some things that I'm going to talk to you about a little bit later. But I want to start out with our text, and we're going we're gonna to refer back to this a lot. Um, this is out of the message. Um, it's in First Chronicles 29. Then David the king addressed the congregation. My son Solomon was singled out and chosen by God to do this, this being building the temple. Um, He's young and he's untested and the work is huge. This is not just a place for people to meet each other. Hear this? This is not just a place for people to meet each other. It's the same thing with, with coming to church. It says it's not just a place for people to meet each other, but a house for God to meet us. When you come to church, it's not just to check it off a to-do list or to alleviate some kind of guilt. It is to meet with the living, breathing God. And that is why we exist. We talk about this on a weekly basis. We exist so that each and every person who comes in here could have a transformative encounter with God. It's not just about, you know, coming and doing some rituals. It's about being transformed at a deeper level in his presence. And I'll tell you guys, he has been doing this in me so powerfully in the la- just the last, I don't know, few weeks. And here's what David says. He said, this is not just a place for people to meet each other, but a house for God to meet us. I have done my best to get everything together for building this house for my God. All the materials necessary, gold, silver, bronze, iron, lumber, precious and very colored stones, building stones, vast stockpiles of stones. By the way, this is not going to be a message. I'm not going to be talking to you about, you know, finances and giving. I am going to include that in the message, but this is not talking just about money. I'm going to be talking to you today about your life. So relax if you feel like I'm just going to be asking for money or whatever. Um, It says, furthermore, because my heart is in this, in this building of the temple, in addition to and beyond what I've gathered, I'm turning over my personal fortune of gold and silver for making this place a place of worship for my God. 3,000 talents, 113 tons of gold, 214 tons of silver for covering the walls and buildings, and gold and silver work by craftsmen and artisans. And now, how about you? Who among you is ready and willing to join in the giving? ready and willing, the heads of all the families, the leaders of the tribes of Israel, commanders and captains in the army, stewards of the king's affairs, stepped forward and gave willingly. They gave 5,000 talents and 10,000 pounds of gold, 10,000 talents of silver, 337 tons, 679 tons of bronze, and anyone who had precious jewels put them in the treasury for the building of the temple of God And the people were full of a sense of celebration because of all of that giving. And they had all given willingly. They had all given freely. And King David was exuberant. So again, 1 Chronicles 29.5 says, Now then, who will follow my example and give offerings to the Lord today? 
I'll tell you, the Lord has really been stretching me and calling me to do some really scary things, pretty dramatic things. Um, He's really calling me to a deeper level of passion for him and surrender to him. And here, like in this passage that I just read you, it, it started with David. And I'm not comparing myself to David, but I'm called to lead and you're called to follow me as I follow Christ. And I, I cannot ask you to sacrifice and to give exceedingly and excessively and sacrificially if I'm not willing to do it too. And so it's like the Lord is calling me to step off the cliff. And I believe with all of my heart because I've been praying about this all week for you. He's calling some of you. Actually, I think he's calling all of you. Step off the cliff. And you know, stepping off the cliff is really a win-win situation. (laughs) Because either you step off and God catches you and takes you to new heights or takes you to a better place, or you die and you get to go home and be with him. So either way, it's a (laughs) win-win. But I do believe that he is, calling, he is calling us the adventure. You know, my husband and I didn't come out here um, for a career. We didn't come out here, you know, just to build some kind of a club. We had, we had really lucrative careers in the Bay Area. <clears throat> we were doing fine. <clears throat> we came out here because we believed that the Holy Spirit was leading us here to see the kingdom of God expanded in this mission field called Utah. And we honored God by coming here. Thank you. But I'm telling you, we didn't just come out here because it was convenient, because trust me, it wasn't convenient. But we gave up everything to move here. And and I'll tell you, God spoke some profound things to us about the Adventure Church and God is not done with this church. God still has a mission. He has a a future and he has a hope. And he wants to expand his kingdom and he wants to use us. And he is calling us to a deeper level. He is calling us to come and die for the sake of his kingdom. So now then, who will follow my example and give offerings to the Lord today? Who will follow my example, laying down your life for the sake of the kingdom, giving up everything for the sake of the kingdom? And I know, you know, it's th- this is talking about, this passage that I read you, is it, it's really talking about material possessions, but I am talking about your life, talking about your time and your talent and your treasure, all the things God has called you to to give back to him. Because remember what David says, this is all yours anyway. It says the people rejoiced over the offerings because they had freely and wholeheartedly given to the Lord. And King David was filled with joy. You know, as as a leader, if I don't inspire you to give your life up to the Lord, I'll, I feel like I've failed. 
Because I know the lukewarm life. I know the one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom life is no way to live. You can't be satisfied in either one of those worlds. And you certainly can't be satisfied in the world apart from God. And I know that firsthand because I tried it for a long time and it did not work. And I'm telling you, all to Jesus, I surrender. All to him, I freely give. And I believe God is stretching you. And, and the example that he gave me is, you know, when you have a balloon and you stretch it so that it can receive more, more air or more water, I believe God is calling some of you to be stretched so that he can fill you to overflowing. Not just so he can take advantage of you or use you or whatever. God wants to bless you exceedingly abundantly more than all you can imagine or ask. And, and you know, we talk about this every week. The purpose for this church is so that you would, you would grow your life in him. And part of that is giving it all up, giving it all over to him, that you would impact your world, that in your neighborhood, in your job, in your circles of influence, that you would be a light that shines. I'll tell you, those puppies have been the coolest thing in my neighborhood. I've had more chances to share Christ with people who come to my, come into my front yard when I have the puppies out front. You know, they come out and who doesn't love puppies? Besides cat people. But you know, it's like, I mean, who could resist this? But it's opened up this door for me to be able to sit and talk with my neighbors about the Lord. And, and the thing is, I just want to demystify the whole idea of sharing the gospel of, or, or of evangelism. Evangelism simply means telling someone the good news. And so all you have to do is share your story. Talk normally. Don't get all weird. I mean, don't start speaking King James English or whatever. Just tell your story. Tell them, like, how Jesus has changed your life. Do it normally. I mean, do it like a normal person. Don't, you know, just let it flow from who you are. Just be you. But I'll tell you, it's been so awesome. Just, God bless you. Just watching watching God bring my neighbors into my yard. And, and I'll tell you, he's called me to do some kind of strange things. Not, not, don't get creepy, but like things with my neighbors, like to go over there and, you know, to introduce myself and to, you know, invite them to come to my house for dinner. And, you know, he's just calling me to do some really like stretching things. And I'm, I'm an extrovert. I'm a people person, but stuff like that, that's, ah, it's like, you sure? <laughs> You know, but he's called me to a deeper level. I mean, really, and some of the things are, are really challenging me. And I know that he's doing the same in some of you and probably in all of you. And my prayer is that you would all answer that call. Each and every one of you would grow deeper and that you would be transformed in his presence. That you would not be satisfied with mediocrity or a lukewarm life or one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom. And I'm, I'm challenging you in the same way that God is challenging me. First Chronicles 29 says, David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly. O oh Lord, God of our ancestor Israel, may your 
May you be praised forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, and the majesty. Can you guys read that with me? Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, and the majesty. Everything in heaven and on earth is yours, O Lord, and this is your kingdom. And we adore you as the one who is over all things. Wealth and honor come from you alone. For you rule over everything. Power and might are in your hand. And at your discretion, people are made great and given strength. Oh, our God, we thank you and we praise your glorious name. But who am I? And what is my people that we should be able thus to offer willingly? For all things come from you. And of your own hand have we given you. We, for we are strangers before you and sojourners. Some, some translations say homeless. As all of our fathers were. Our days on the earth are like a shadow. And there's no abiding. Oh Lord our God. All this abundance that we have provided for building you a house for your holy name comes from your hand and is all your own. I know, my God, that you test the heart and you have pleasure in uprightness. Now, human beings are the only creatures that stand upright. You know, all other creatures either walk on all fours or they slither on the ground or they swim around. Human beings are the only ones that stand upright before the Lord, confident in the God who loves us. We are, when we stand upright before the Lord, it means that we are putting our hope in him and not in our own abilities, okay? To stand uprightly before the Lord means that our sins have been forgiven, that we have relied on what Jesus did on the cross and not on our own works. And it says here, in the uprightness of my heart, I have freely offered all these things. And now, I have seen your people who are present here offering freely and joyously to you. See, the thing is, the people gave all this stuff. David gave all this stuff and sacrificed all of this. And yet they praise God because even God inspired them to do that. And God is trying to inspire you to go to a deeper level with him in whatever way, whether it means just getting up in the morning and reading one chapter or praying or interceding or, or inviting your neighbors to come over for dinner or whatever, or whether it's giving sacrificially of your finances or, or whether it's serving, whether it's using your gifts and your calling because every single one of us is equipped to serve the king of kings. He has equipped us. He has given us the ability to do it. And I'm setting the example by being really challenged in my life right now. And, and, being, and being willing to be uncomfortable. You know, the, uh, I've heard a quote that says that God is in the business of comforting the distressed and distressing the comfortable. <laughs> and I'm not saying that I, that I have been comfortable because it's, you know, this church has been through a lot, especially in the last two years. You know, um, my husband passed away two years ago and, um, and it's been dark. It's, it's been rough. It's been hard. It's been a challenge. And obviously f for me and for my family, but it's been hard for this church too. 
But that's why I'm saying I believe God has new things for us now. I believe God, God wants to heal us and he wants to bring us deeper into his presence and into his faithfulness and, and, and into the ability to show us his power. That is what God wants to do. He wants to reveal his power to the Adventure Church and to the people who call this church their home. He is not done with us yet. He is not done with us yet. He still has plans. And there are those of you, and you're kingdom-minded. You're really kingdom-minded. You, you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. But God is calling you to stretch too. I'm not alone in this. <laughs> He's stretching you too. Those of you who are headfirst in the kingdom. He's calling you to a deeper level. And I just want to say, today if you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. Don't hear this word today and then walk out of those doors and just act like nothing ever happened. The fact that you're in this room right now or that you're listening to me right now is evidence that God is calling you to a deeper level. I can't, I don't know how to say it strongly enough. God is calling, he's stretching you, he's challenging you, he's calling you to, to see his kingdom expanded and to see his kingdom come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So I want to ask you this, why not? What's keeping you back? What's holding you back? Is it doubt? Do you doubt that God is faithful? Do you doubt that he will meet you if you sacrifice for his sake? Do you doubt that he will fulfill you and satisfy you? Is it insecurity? You know the word insecurity means that you try to find your security from within, which you never can. You can only find your security in the one who who formed you, the one who created you, the one who called you by name. You can only find your security in him. So is it fear? Do you have fear? You know, as we were singing that song about, you know, that he, he heals my deepest fears, I asked him, I said, I said, Lord, what, what is my worst fear? What is my biggest fear? You know what my biggest fear is? Disappointing God. Standing before him and having him go. He didn't give it all. You didn't lose your life for my sake. That motivates me. And, and I made a mistake this week. Um, I prayed a really scary prayer. <laughs> and it was, Lord, show me my sin. And he was very faithful. And he showed me some things. And, and it wasn't like I was like, oh, I didn't realize I did that. It just was, it was like, It was scary. It was a scary prayer. But like I said, he's challenging me. He's calling me to a deeper level. Deep calls unto deep. I just want to know what's holding you back. Why wouldn't you? Why don't you want to? Are you, are you too busy? If you're too busy, I need to ask you, what are you so busy doing? Besides eternal things, what are you so busy doing that is not 
benefiting anyone else or even yourself because it's not the kingdom of, of, of heaven. What are you so busy doing? What is, stre- what is moving everything out of the schedule so that you can't serve God or serve other people? Are you, do, do you think you're too unimpressive? Do you think you don't have any gifts? Because you do. God has given each of us gifts. It says it before the foundations of the earth. He called us by name and he prepared good works in advance for us to do. He has good works in advance for each and every one of us to do. And it says that the, you know, the lesser presentable parts are the ones that get more greater honor. And so don't believe that you are don't have anything to offer, that you don't have any gifts. I remember when my grandmother was 84, she said, what can I do for God? And I said, you can pray. You know, there's a story about Anna in, excuse me, in the New Testament. She was 84 years old, and she just went into the temple every single day, and she prayed. And if we really believe in the power of prayer, that is not an insignificant ministry. So I ask, are you too broken? Do you think that you're too broken to be used of God? You know, a couple weeks ago, um, I talked about those of you who are so broken that you're thinking about ending your own life. You're so hopeless in yourself, and you're, so, and you're in such despair, and you're depressed. And, and I said, you know, we want to help you. We want to walk with you. We want to see you set free. It's why we exist as a church. It's not like a social club, you know? And when you give unto the Lord, when you give your first fruits, it's not like membership dues, or it's not like you're, you're giving it to some people. You are giving it ultimately just unto the Lord. You're giving it to God. It is between you and God. So I want to ask you this. Are you, do you think you're too young? You think you're too young to have an impact? You know, it says in Timothy, it says, don't let anybody look down on you because of your age. You're not too young. You can still have an impact. Or do you think you're too old? Do you think it's too late? You know, I heard uh, at, the, at the connection, one of the guys said that, you know, when, a, when an airline or an airplane is taking off, going on the runway, it goes faster and faster and faster before it takes off. That should be how our lives are, that, that we get more and more and more speed as we grow in the Lord and as we move forward in the Lord. We shouldn't wear out. It says in Psalm 71, 18, even to old age and gray hairs, O God, do not forsake me until I proclaim your might to another generation, your power to all those who come. So you're, it's, it's not too late. My friend Jeannie's sitting here. How old are you, Jeannie? Can I ask that? What's your pin number? No, I'm just kidding. She's 81 years old. She is going strong for Jesus. She's amping it up. She is going for it. She is getting to the end of that runway and she is taken off. You know what? And, and when Jesus stands, or when, when Jeannie stands before Jesus, he's not going to say, uh, you, weren't, you weren't doing it for me. He's going to say, well done, 
good and faithful servant. 81, go and strong. Sharing Jesus with every single person she comes in contact with. And the Bible says we should show honor to whom honor is due. And she's, she's living it. She's a living example of it. She's not like, oh, I'm 81, I'm done, I'm going to retire. She's, I mean, just one more. It's her motto. Just give me one more, Jesus. One more for your kingdom. She, she's always telling me about all these people she's seeing come to Jesus. You're not, you're not past your prime. Your prime is when you, when you stand before Jesus. That's it. That's it. And, and we exist. Yeah, you can applaud. But as a church, that is why we exist, to see you transformed by the power of God. There's no other purpose to see you changed. It's not to entertain anybody or to just, you know, do this little program. It's to see you changed in his presence. And, and there's a, a quote by a guy named Jeremy Taylor who was a... a English cleric. He says, it's impossible for someone to despair who remembers that his helper is omnipotent. It means if you're in despair, remember that the one who helps you, the one who comforts you, the one who leads you and guides you and teaches you and shows you the way to truth is all powerful. So there is no need to despair. There is no need to to be downcast when the one who is your helper is full of power and majesty. So have you heard the saying, the almighty dollar? You guys ever heard that saying? The almighty dollar, guess what? Nope, it is not. The dollar, although it can make certain things easier, money will never, ever, 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 ever satisfy. It holds out that promise. You know, they asked one of the richest men in the world, he was a Rockefeller, they asked him, they said, how much money is enough? And he said, just one dollar more. He was the richest man in the world at the time. The almighty dollar is not. The almighty God is. The omnipotent God, the all-powerful God is. And again, you cannot live a fulfilled life if you do not live a life of generosity. It is not possible. If you live a life that's inverted and all about you and having your needs met, you will never be fully satisfied. You will only be satisfied when you lose your life for the sake of the kingdom of God. And I'm just telling it to you straight. Keep going down that path of self-service and self-satisfaction, and you will come to a dead end every single time. But if you lose your life for the sake of the kingdom of God, you will be able to walk through anything and you will be satisfied. I walked through the death of my husband and the Lord drew me closer and closer and closer and deeper and deeper. I could have used that as an excuse. I could have said, you know what? I'm in too much pain. I can't do this but I didn't want to quit because I wanted to live my life the way that I know my husband would have wanted me to continue, but because I knew that God still wanted to use me to expand his kingdom, and he wants to use this church. He wants to use you. He is not done with us yet, you guys. He still has plans for us. And the coolest thing that I saw this week is that... You know, if 
if God has called us to be part of his kingdom, he is going to equip us. He is going to give us what we need. You know, it says in Isaiah 42, uh, verse 18, it says, I will share my glory with no other. So God is not going to share his glory. He's not going to share his sovereignty. He's not going to share his, his kingship, but he is going to share his power. He's going to share his superpower with us. It says this, it says in um, Luke 6, verse 19, all the crowd sought to touch him, Jesus, for power came out from him and healed them all. You know, I got healed years ago. Pa- um, my pastor, Daniel Brown, he had a, a, what we call a word of knowledge where the Holy Spirit spoke something and he, de- he described a recurring injury that I had had. And he said, someone has this injury and the Lord wants to heal you right now. And I raised my hand. They prayed for me and I I have never had a problem with it since. And I had problems for years. And so at that point, I was like, "I, I believe God still heals today. I believe he can still heal today. And the thing is that he is going to show his power through the Father, through the Son, and through the Holy Spirit. And here it is. The Holy Spirit or I mean the son of God has power come out from him. Jesus says in Luke 8:46, someone touched me for I perceived that power has gone out from me. And in Acts 1:8, it says you will receive power. Dunamis. The power that God has available for us. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And some of you are so scared of this. Because what What you're scared of is you're scared that you're going to lose control. And guess what? You don't have any control. (laughs) Control is an illusion. You can try to hold, you know, hold everything together, but ultimately you have no control of your destiny. You could walk out those doors today. It could be over for you. You could get hit on 123rd South right there. (laughs) kind of morbid, but I mean, it's true. You have no control. Your house could be burning down right now. (laughs) I mean, you could get fired tomorrow. I mean, I'm not trying to be doom and gloom, but I'm just saying you don't have any control. So to think that, oh, I'm going to hold God at arm's length because I don't want to lose control. Just lose control. Lose control, let the Holy Spirit fill you, and you can receive power. Okay? You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. This is saying, you will be my witnesses when you are filled with my power, filled with my spirit, and you will see people at work come to know me. You will see my kingdom expanded in your neighborhood. You'll see my kingdom expanded in your city and in the state. Because we're going to keep going until Utah has been won for Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. So the superpower, God will not share his glory, but he will share his power. I'm not saying he's giving his power away. He can't because he's all powerful, but he's giving us power. He's giving us access. When it says, it's, this says Ephesians, I, uh, the next one, it's actually Romans 8, 11. It says, if the spirit of him, check this out. I love this passage. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Jesus Christ from the dead will also give life 
to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Turn to your neighbor and say, he dwells in you. Do not be afraid. Let the Holy Spirit fill you. Out with the old, out with the you, in with the new, in with the spirit of the living God. That is when you will receive power. You are not going to receive power if you just keep doing it for your own glory. He will not share his glory. He will not, but he will give us access to that same power that raised Jesus from the dead. So I want to ask you again, what is he calling you to? What is he calling you to? How is he stretching you? Where are you being challenged? Where is the Lord calling you to come deeper with him? Where is he challenging you? And I just say this, today, God bless you. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Do not walk out those doors today without giving yourself fully to him. And I have to say this now, you are responsible. If he is challenging you and stretching you and calling you to a deeper level, obey. Obey. Because the only way you will ever be blessed is through obedience. God cannot ignore sin. He cannot bless disobedience. So today, if you hear his voice, if he's challenging you, if he's stretching you, if he's calling you to be filled with his spirit and filled with his power, what is it that he's asking you to do? What's the one thing? Is it your time? Is he just calling you to spend time with him? Is it time in the word? Time praying? Time ministering to other people? Is he, is he calling you to use your gifts and your calling for his sake and for his kingdom? To expand the kingdom of God? Is he calling you to give generously of your finances? You know, whatever you think most about is that which you worship. So if you think about money all the time, that means that that's a form of worship whether it's because you have too much, you don't know what to do with it all, or you don't have enough. It's all, it's all the same thing. He's calling you to fix your eyes on him, the author and the perfecter of your faith. And First Chronicles 29.5 again, who then will offer willingly? Who then, who of you will consecrate yourself, will set yourself apart We'll go deeper. We'll be stretched. We'll allow yourself to be challenged. To lose your life for the sake of the kingdom so that you can find it. Who among you? If this, if this is something that's um, a challenge for you, I, I'd like to ask you to stand up and we're going to read this together, this passage from First Chronicles 29. And, and I want you to really consider this not just for what God might be calling you to, but also I want to ask you to take the next step and I want you to tell someone about it. Say, this is what the Lord's calling me to do. God's calling me to a deeper level. God's calling me to give him my time. He's calling me to give him my gifts and my talents. He's calling me to give him my treasures. So let's read this together, okay? Blessed are you, O Lord, 
the God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. For all that is in the heavens and in the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come from you, and you rule over all. Did it not switch? Okay, there we go. <laughs> Let's read that. Both riches and honor come from you, and you rule over all. In your hand are power and might, and in your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. And now we thank you and praise your glorious name. But who am I and what is my people that we should be able thus to offer willingly? For all things come from you, and of your own have we given you. For we are strangers before you and sojourners, as our our fathers were. Our days on earth are like a shadow. There's no abiding. So I want to ask you this. What is it he's calling you to do? What is he calling you to do? Don't harden your heart. Take the next step. Go the next level. Tell somebody about it. Okay? And obey. For, for the sake of his great name and for the sake of the kingdom coming and his will being done in our midst. And we, I just want to let you know too, if, if you need prayer for anything, whether it seems small or insignificant or whether it's something huge, we're going to have um, some of our trusted prayer people. Um, also, um, we still believe God speaks to, speaks to us today. And Ka'ule... Um, is one of the people who came out here with us from California. She has a a word for us from the Lord. So listen to this with an open heart. Hey guys, you know, can you hear me okay? Mm -hmm. Along with the challenges that Jody talked about today in stretching you and going deeper and giving of your time, your talents, your treasures, I want to reiterate something that, that God spoke earlier through me. For some of you, it's your heart attitudes. For some of it's, for some of you, it's the way you see things. It's the way you see others. If you're, if you're struggling with your perception of people, if you're struggling with not loving a people group, if you're struggling with, I mean, sorry, prejudice is just what it is. It's there. Everybody struggles with it. And I'm not talking just about color. I'm talking about I'm going to just step out in faith. Same-sex couples, homosexuals, God loves them too. Do we condone the lifestyle? No. But do we love them? Yes. If your attitude, if you're struggling your attitudes towards anyone who is not like us, like you, that doesn't look like you, that doesn't think like you, that doesn't walk like you, Jesus died for everybody. I'm just reiterating that. It may be stretching you in that area today in your heart attitude, in your perception, in how you love people. So those also may be areas where God is stretching you today to go deeper. Okay, love y'all. You know, church, if, if we can't get racial reconciliation right here, we can't expect the, the world to show us how. They're not going to be able to show us how. And, and we, we are um, committed 
to seeing racial reconciliation. Even though we live in Utah, we still believe that we want to have a diverse community here and we want to embrace all people. And so if you are someone and you have never um, given your heart to the Lord today, um, if I could ask some of our prayer people to come forward, um, we want you to to tell them, say, you know, I've never received the forgiveness that Jesus Christ offered for me on the cross. Okay? And we want to know and we want to be able to walk with you. So next week, Chase is going to be talking about the goodness of God. And uh, I'm kind of jealous. That's one of my favorite topics. But um, again, know what it is God is calling you to and tell someone about it. And allow the Holy Spirit to demonstrate his power to you. In the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. I love you guys. Have a good week.